Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, joined by Melissa Griffith. Melissa, how are you on this fine day? It's a great day to be alive, so I'm doing, living my best life ever. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and I'm trying to pick up on your uh, tone there. Are you like How much of that was genuine? How much of that was inflected with a tinge? of irony i i I don't know you know you know i it's hard right because i don't mean to be ironic or sarcastic but yeah no i i like to think i'm living the best life i could possibly live right because why else wouldn't i be like yeah why not what what, what would i do outside of that i I don't know i don't know that's 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 a fair point and it's interesting because it does bring up some of the subtleties of human communication the fact that we can have maybe messages behind the message and when we talk our friends our computer friends the artificial intelligences that we interact with and our our perhaps perhaps they'll be our overlords yes they are not better than us at everything and yet and one (laughs) of the things that they are not better than us at just yet is creativity and we wanted to have a show today to talk about that maybe Maybe have a little back and forth. Maybe uh, a healthy exchange of perspectives is always a good idea are you, for a show. Are you picking up that I'm going to be on the opposing side already? Are you picking it up? Are you picking up what I'm dropping? I, I, if assuming there are two sides, I would imagine you'll be on the opposing one. So, so yeah, I'm picking up. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And there's some interesting articles. There's a Fast Company article about how soon we ex- we can expect AI to pick up on some of the more creative aspects of human problem solving and cognition and thought. So like, that's an interesting context yeah. if you're talking about the future of work, because uh, AI is going to get better at some things. It's going to take longer to catch up in other areas. And like that, that's sort of a good area for us to lean into as humans, because we're going to have an edge and arguably we could get better. So that's one aspect to it. And then there's this other article we wanted to talk about, about an Oregon futurist, which is a nice... That's just a nice phrase. Like an Oregon, there's an Oregon futurist named Steve Brown who wrote an interesting article to uh, suggest that in the next 10 years, we're going to see more changes, more innovation than we've seen in the last 40. So, so I think the idea for the show is let's look at a longer view, let's say over the next 10 years or so. So we're entering the 2020s for thinking by 2030 ish. Yes. What, what will work be like? What kind of changes are going to happen? And then if we're trying to play with our heads up, think about where the humans will probably have the most relevant impact on the future of work and jobs and careers. What are, what are we kind of leaning into? What are we expecting over the next 10 years? I think there's a lot to, to talk about. We wanted to make sure we credited the authors of these articles, right? So Melissa, you you wanna you wanna start? Yeah, so I will start with the so the Oregon futurist. We're talking about Steve Brown, but the author who did that article was Tim Gordon. And and then the other article, the the article from Fast Company oh. was was done by two two professors and I'm gonna let yeah. you Take it and away. hopefully, uh, I, we're very respectful of their work. We like making citations. I may not pronounce their names correctly, so there is a caveat. So this is by Tim Schweisferth and Renee Chester Gudersheit. So I, I'm hopefully got that loosely correct, and and then we can proceed. So yep. 
Melissa, if you're thinking about future, the, the, I think the, the top line idea for this show is the future of work and human creativity is what, what we wanted to talk about. How, and using these two articles, you know, the idea that next 10 years we're going to see more change and innovation than in the previous 40, and the other saying that there are some places where human creativity will likely stay ahead of what AI and machine learning will be able to do. Where do you want to go with, uh, with this topic? Well, well, I'll start by saying, right, because I, I think this is a good framing point. So, uh, Steve, like his, his point is this, right? Like there are six main technologies that are going to change, that are going to influence the way we work, right? And yep. his points are artificial intelligence, which ties back into the creativity that we're talking about, blockchain technology, the internet of, of things and sensors, 5G yep. networks and satellites, satellite networks, autonomous machines, and then ultimately augmented reality, right? right. And I think like we have, we've covered those topics, each of those topics on the show before. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think he's right, right? And the, the question is, as those technologies get more prevalent, they all exist now, not one of those technologies are not there, right? And you can see them getting better. And I think yeah. as those technologies come in, you can see where artificial intelligence in particular will start to do a lot of the tasks that the lower level tasks that uh, humans currently do now, which does, in my mind, free up the human to do much more creative work, much more mm -hmm. challenging work, much more engaging work. Like I, I work in finance, uh, as you all know, and one of the things I've said, interestingly enough, is that that is the goal, right? You can automate yourself out of a lot of the routine tasks mm -hmm. that makes the finance job so like taxing around month end or around yeah. like close. And this is what you want to do, right? This is what you want to do. You want to be able to automate those tasks out of the way so that like that you can be working on more high level things like what's the strategy of the business or where where what direction should we go be going and i think even things like forecasting which are yep. typically considered high level tasks right now for finance folks mm -hmm. are things that will be automated with art artificial intelligence right. and will they'll probably do a task like that better than us because they can consume a lot more data points than we can mm -hmm. right. so that that that's my 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 opening thoughts on it curious what yours are yeah, just kind of building on where you were going there too. Like, I think throughout all of this, trying to understand how the way the humans interact with the developing technology is the thing that I keep returning to. So like even in the example of, you know, AI, machine learning, getting better at financial forecasts, like I would think the human interaction with that would be to give feedback on the models, to be more exploratory around you know, bringing in different data sets, like understand what humans can do better than AI right now is empathize, particularly with other humans. But I think there's an element to which I think humans can empathize with AI to understand where is artificial intelligence better? You know, be humble about your empathy, you know, like yeah. don't, don't think of it as subservient to you. It's just a different kind of intelligence. And then like, if you get a macro view that has a system in which there's humans and there's artificial agents, what, what expertise, what ways of thinking, what mindsets will the humans need to have to make the most out of AI? Like I think of it even like, some people are just better at using the internet, they're better at searching in Google. And arguably those people are already sort of developing these new yep. economy skills in like sort of a proto form. And 
you know, it's that whole notion of the centaur that like, if you can blend human intelligence with artificial intelligence, the net benefit is, it's like exponential. It's more than just the additive combination of the two. It's at least multiplicative. There's some uh, force multiplier there when you combine the, the complementary aspects of artificial intelligence with the things that humans are going to be better at. Yeah, I mean, I can I can take this conversation uh, so many different ways. The, the thing I would say, right, in the short term, right, like it's going to be a transition. So we're talking about where we're, you're going to be ten years from now, twenty years from now. But in the interim, to the companies that will succeed, the work that will change are the companies who have employees that are are sitting in this organization going like we're not trying to automate uh folks out of their jobs for sure right. some people will lose their jobs but the yep. reality of the situation is like you're 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 automating yourself out of a lower level tasks that you can then free up your creativity and the people the skill sets that will survive are the people who embrace that change and push mm -hmm. that change forward and are mm -hmm. also learning ahead of it because i will say this right and this is the other side of my brain speaking like Financial forecasting, like as I, I brought up this topic, happens like there are sophisticated uh, forecasting tools right now in stock market changes and stuff like that. And what you realize, right, is those tools are those tools are pretty cool. They're pretty accurate in forecasting. But what it does allow for is when you put those things in place, human arbitrage becomes so much easier because humans can really cause friction mm -hmm. into those systems, and they can really they can screw it up for the good, or they can uh, they can make money on it for a while. But they can also really cause cash flow catastrophic changes and catastrophic problems in the system and that's what you've got to realize right like mm -hmm. you can't just let a computer go wild right now we can talk about talk to me about 50 years from now what i think they may be able to do but right now right. i don't think you can let a computer go like without human intervention or without human oversight because right. it is they're still a little too dumb not to pick on my computer veterans right now that will be my <laughs> boss in five years well, and they're also only as smart as the data that they're fed. Yes. And generally the data that is fed to them is fed to them by, hopefully it's fed to them by humans. Sometimes the humans allow an algorithm to sort of grab its own data. But even then, like understanding that when you're limited in the inputs that you are training off of, there will be biases in the artificial intelligence that, that, that is created. It's like when, when Twitter yes. was, was training its bot based on Twitter, it turned into like a racist, xenophobic troll. Yes. And that's because it was fed Twitter data. So, you yes. know, garbage in, garbage out, you know, and there's a level of sophistication that I think it's important to challenge humans rather. That's why I think the narrative of the, of the robot overlords is actually dangerous because there is a tendency towards laziness and taking advantage of convenience rather than forcing yourself to kind of lean into flexible thinking and like rapid like learning acquisition which is kind of the new normal you know and if you if you don't accept that and if you just say the algorithm told me this i do think it that that accelerates a path darby danger darby dragons i i feel you're gonna rebel against the the robot overlords i'm not there with you mike they definitely know better than me 40 years from now but to, to like but but you are it is that is a valid point right and you brought up a really important point and i don't want to uh diminish it um like when we train 
these, it is garbage in, garbage out, right? When you are training these artificial intelligence tools and to learn, it is dangerous. Like we've seen it, one of the best applications for something like this is like in helping in the recruiting process, right? Helping to figure out how, like what, what person will, will this person succeed in yep. the company or not. And the challenge with that, right, is, is you're training it on the data it has right now. And the data yep. it has right now tends to be biased. So I think those are, th that is when I caution in probably in 10 years, you're probably still, you need to have oversight and you need to be willing to, you need somebody who is not just blindly listening to the computer. Because if you yeah. are blindly listening to the computer, you probably are not going to be one of the successful ones. Yeah, and it, I, that's an interesting point also in that it does tie to the creativity article in that humans are better at making novel connections and are, are also more broad. You know, there's, there's the whole concept of humans have a much broader, more generalized intelligence. And then artificial intelligence, at least currently, has a much deeper, highly specialized intelligence. So, like, they will actually master things like chess, but they won't necessarily you know, know how to, how to navigate a city or, or, you know, yeah. walk into a, a novel social context and interact in a way that is semi-graceful. You know, like those are things that are, you know, we've, we have millions of years of what I would call yeah. evolution that has made sort of refined our data and our sort of algorithms. And then the under, underlying idea is, you know, being able to respond to novelty and being resourceful in those contexts is sort of the that's sort of built into our operating system as humans at least as far as i understand thus far that's not really the approach that's being taken to design artificial intelligence because it's too difficult to get to even get enough deep data in that narrow area it takes a lot of focus and we're getting that big data set and then to, to be able to sort of amass all those different cross-sectional data sets and then design an intelligence that could respond to all of that today and probably for the next 10 years at least, it's gonna to be too difficult for our current capabilities. But you kinda of wanna get in on the build though too. Like, so you don't wanna say, that's why the people who head in their sands, Luddites, you know, kill your yeah. computer, they're as much a problem as the people who are saying, I'm looking forward to our robot overlords, you know, but, uh, but yeah. yeah. So, and then what do you, what are your thoughts on the, the Oregon futurists? Cause I know you got, you got some value out of that one. So I definitely wanted to, I just like the idea of talking about it. Or it's like Florida man, you yeah. know, Oregon futurist. Uh, I mean, he, he has, he has inspired me a little bit. I'll tell you the interesting thing he brought up in this article that I really like that it sparked. It's worked a lot for me. Yeah, we're talking about the internet of things, talking about sensors and how, how more prevalent they're gonna come. It's gonna, I, I, it's gonna change the way healthcare happens, right? Yep. For sure, right? There's so much input coming in now on your body and your body responses. Like, I, like it, I, I, may, I, I, I may have a problem. We, we can talk through this later. But like, so I now own, like clearly I've always had a blood pressure uh, a blood pressure machine in my house. I now have one that's tied into my phone that's feeding the data into other, into my phone. And so I'm tracking it on a regular basis, like I'm tracking my heart rate and my yeah. brain from my watch. I also now though recently bought because I, I was convinced uh, that my stress level is too high and that I was going to have a heart attack. So I now have a small, very tiny handheld 
EKG machine that oh is, my god that is like will literally allow me to test six points like the six pressure points of whether my heart is having an irregular machine or not you joke you joke no no I laugh you're, you're <laughs> honest I just I, laugh yeah you laugh like it is I am I may have a problem I everyone has heard me say I may have a problem but what I think is very interesting about that and the company who built it and we'll see how successful they get or not they allow you to email those results to your doctor mm -hmm. and they allow and they give you they will they're at least giving you like your normal your are this is a problem or or not and mm -hmm. i think that kind of data in the hands of people who are probably a little less unhealthy than i actually am but thinking i'm having a heart attack will actually be incredibly useful now i'll give the flip side of, of the danger of this right now right and which is why i'm trying not to be crazy it could be giving me a false positive, all right? It could actually, I could actually have a problem and I'm using this machine and it's yeah. not actually highlighting that problem. And so it's mm -hmm. giving me, it's allowing me to a peace of mind be, uh, because yeah. of hypochondriac um, yeah. that I may not need. So I think yeah, it's, well, it, it's totally interesting. And it, it just sort of building on that, like one thing, it's not like a technology, it's more like a mindset, but like yep. design thinking and, you know, user experience design is getting, like that's a revolution that's happening that I think is sometimes it's understated how prevalent it's been and how how much it's going to inform the next 10 years as an example but like I think what I would say what I would expect in the next 10 years in the in the context you're talking about a like being creative about healthcare innovation yes super smart being ready to experiment with it particularly like if you want to plug into your own healthcare and you're you can find a way to do that also super smart but the thing that I think will happen in terms of the evolution of this technology in the next 10 years is that the feedback's going to be smarter and subtler. And so that only when you hit certain thresholds that you probably can control yeah. will stuff even sort of register. And this is where I think augmented reality does come in. It's almost like whether it's visual or some sort of auditory thing or some sort of you know, subtle haptic, like you feel yeah. a vibration or something and like, it, and then you can train yourself to adjust your tactics based on those subtle forms of feedback. Cause I think the problem with feedback now is that there's too much of an opportunity cost on your cognitive load so that, you know, for me, I, I don't like monitoring my blood pressure because it makes my blood pressure go up. You know, like yeah. I get stressed when analyzed in that way and you know, I think for people who get in their head around this, this type of medical feedback, being able to sort of like dampen it, it's kind of like the way I feel about social media too. Like I've shut off my notifications yeah. so that when I, when I need to consult with these things, I can, but like have some intentionality about uh, how you get that kind of feedback from the AI in these environments that, that we're all going to be living. And I'll tell you, and it, there are different people in this world. I I see two ways, like, or there, I'm sure there are more, but there are two ways I see this can go as well. So one, like, I actually forget giving me the feedback, right? So like di diabetics, right? Like pricking your finger and like, what, when you're a diabetic, you're required to test it all the time and you're, you're, you're keeping track of it in some way, right? Why am I keeping track of it? Why am right. I not just sending it straight back yeah. into my doctor's Agreed. system and they're monitoring it and they're getting the flags because they can read the data better than I yes. can. Like yes. my, my 125 is that high for, I have no idea. Like you right. figure it out, right? And I think that is where 
like talking about the future of how work changes in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Imagine a world where I don't have to go sit in a room for six right. hours taking tests. I am right. constantly, all my information is constantly being kept. And, and, and then when I go in to see my doctor, it's much more proactive. That's one way it can work. The yeah. second area, and I think it is, I don't believe I should have high blood pressure. Therefore, it must be something I'm doing, right? Like, I don't believe, as, as others may suggest differently, I, I believe it's something I'm doing. So I literally use that machine in a way to figure out if by doing breathing exercises or by doing, yeah. like, re- yoga, I am reducing it. And it was the way I figured out, like, if I drink more water, my blood pressure goes down. So whenever right. my blood pressure spikes, I start, I, I make sure I'm taking in enough water in a day. Right. And, right. and then I checked on the internet. That's what you figure out, right? Like you sure. figure out that these things can happen. And so I do it when I'm running. I use, I use my watch to give me clues that my heart rate is too high or my yeah. breathing is too high. And I think that it helps motivate certain people yeah. in, into a much more healthier lifestyle. It's only if you get obsessive. Do, you, right. do I think it becomes a problem or only if it's having a counter reaction? So, yeah, I mean, and I don't think it's that, yeah. I don't think I'm that different. Like my point is more the way, the amount of work required mm-hmm. to get that feedback seamlessly yes. and to figure out behaviorally what kind of changes you could do. I think that's an, getting back to creativity and healthcare yeah. and future of work. Like, you know, user experience designers who are thinking about how to give good behavioral healthcare recommendations around exercise, movement, hydration, nutrition, mindfulness, you know, the the list goes on and on. That's why like those apps are the beginning of a macro trend that I think everyone will be like the marketplace will refine those things. Yeah. You know, at a consumer level and then, I'm not sure how healthcare, like there's going to be so much investment in healthcare, but there's also so much up in the air around whether the investment is in like novel insurance practices or like new technologies that'll be incorporated in a way that are actually, you know, designed truly in support of the health of patients. I'm not sure about that, but I think on the individual consumer side, when you think about the technologies that we outlined here, I think there will be some cutting edge stuff that we're all going to want to opt into. And I think opting into it is going to be less intrusive because these things are going to, I think, become more human designed, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And the only, the only question I have, right. And what we, and we've touched this topic before, right. Is who gets to own this data, right. Cause right, right now right. it's either Samsung owns, owns the data or like I've, uh, the, the Apple owns it or Google owns it. And none of those people, like I trust Google with my, tell me where I'm going and stuff like that. I'm not sure yet. I trust Google with my, with my healthcare data. Because yeah. that's a that's a much more personal, and if you f it up, like I'm I'm pretty screwed. But I think that's the that's the path that we have to go go down, right? I, I will also say another thing because you hit on this topic. There is waste in healthcare, right? And there is inefficiency in the way we work, and and the costs are rising. I think it's important. This is an important topic to get right. Like, where do you place the investments? Like, do you put it back into those practices? Do you put it back into like reducing costs in the hospital or do you mm-hmm. like do you just leapfrog that and realize that there is a better way to take the cost out by using these technologies and these sensory technologies ahead of time yeah. I, and i'm not saying i'm an expert or a professor i'm just saying that's that's what i 
I'm always nervous about the people who set the agenda for these things because they, they tend to be Luddites right now. Right. And that's the challenge. Right. And what they really need to be are smart humans who understand how to be creative while leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning yes. in interesting ways. And then they'll have to think ahead to things like the blockchain, things like the internet of things, 5G. Yes. But, but the, the high level idea that like the next 10 years yeah. are gonna see this rapid you know, acceleration of innovation I'm somewhat hopeful about that. I would prefer to live in that reality than alternatives. And then it just, it speaks back to just being flexible and adaptable in your, your modes, regardless of your background, your age, your, your, your own personal history. Like those things can be learned, you know, like you can get better at being a flexible thinker and adjusting to to change and adopting new technology, you know? Yes, I, no, I agree. Uh, the, the last thing I would mention because it, it also came up and I think it's an important point that underscores all this, 5G and, and the rise of 5G and satellites, it's, it will make it also that this is not just available for like the US and China and a handful of countries. This will allow it to go into like Africa, like the Africa and to Indonesia and to Cambodia and to places where traditionally good fast internet has not been there and these sensory things are not being there and this information has not been there. This is going to allow, this is going to also revolutionize the way work happens in, in those places too, which is where I think the next booms of the economy and the global economy will come from. Definitely. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So we could go on. We, yes. But we won't. And this was a good conversation. We'll continue to have these types of conversations. If you don't subscribe to Trending in Education, why don't you? Please do so. And we'll be back on the regular. Tell your friends. Tell your, tell people you just kind of know. You know, tell everybody. And, and yeah, we'll be back again soon on, on Trending in Education.